broadcast of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Working Woman Radio Show, where we have real conversations about the unique issues working women face. I am your host, Deanna Johnson Cawthon. Before I introduce my guests and start today's discussion, I'd like to let my listening audience know that the Working Woman Radio Show is looking for sponsors for the podcast program. Advertising your business on the Working Woman Radio Show is a great way to build your brand and support meaningful programming. We have several different sponsorship packages available that can meet pretty much any advertising budget. So if you are interested in getting more information uh, about becoming a sponsor, go to www.theworkingwomanradiopodcast.com, click on the link for sponsorship, download the information, and give us a call. Now that I've gotten that bit of business out of the way, I am going to introduce my next guest to you, my guest for today. Nicole Bain is a registered nurse and she works in the endoscopy department at Emory University Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. She graduated from Barry College. She started her nursing career at DeKalb Medical Center, which is now called Emory Decatur Hospital. She started in 2011. When she's not working, she enjoys taking dance classes and traveling abroad. Welcome to the show, Nicole. It is a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. Terrific, terrific. Well, I've got a lot of things I want to ask you about, so let's jump right in. Now, as a nurse, you are on the front lines of this whole COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and I thought it would be a good idea to talk with you in order to let our listeners know uh, and get a bird's eye view about what's going on. So with that being said, first and foremost, what does an average day look like for you? I mean, how many hours do you work as far as your shift is concerned? Do things feel crazy and chaotic at the hospital? Tell us, tell us what that looks like. Yes, um, so I, I work 12 hour shifts typically, um, and my coworkers and I rotate through being on call for emergencies. Mm. So there are times when I'm at work in the middle of the night. Oh, wow. um, so it, it changes. Um, because it's a procedure area, the flow is a little different than maybe someone might see in a, um, a regular unit. Mm-hmm. We do a variety of procedures mm-hmm. on a variety of patients, and most of them are very, very ill. Um, okay. They have cancer, mm-hmm. they have liver failure, they have respiratory diseases. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a busy day. You, yeah. you never quite know what's gonna happen next. Um, I, I wouldn't say that it feels mm-hmm. chaotic all of the time. Right. There are definitely some days that feel more chaotic than others, especially with the constant changes sure. and the updates that are happening. Mm-hmm. But but in general, I, I think everyone works really hard to communicate well and to keep things running smoothly. Wow, 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 wow. So, um, so yeah, so you're seeing people who are doing, uh, who have procedures. Are you seeing, are any of these people, have they been affected? by COVID-19? Yes, they have. Okay. Um, okay. Because they're immunocompromised, they have a weakened immune system. These are people who are in that, that high-risk population. Oh, right. So we do see people that we either suspect have yes. COVID-19 sure. or who have actually been diagnosed with COVID-19. Wow. Okay. So you are dealing with some of that. Now, in the news, there have been lots of stories about hospitals suffering from Um, or or not having enough personal protective Mm -hmm. equipment. So shortages, Mm -hmm. basically. Do the nurses and doctors um, at the facility where you are at have enough 
of that equipment? We do. So yes, this personal protective equipment or PPE, yes. you know, it's been all over the news, yes. on everyone's mind. Everything, yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you hear the horror stories of people being asked to go and work with patients and they don't have what they need. Right. Um, so that that is true in other places. Yes. Um, but thankfully, at, at my job, we yeah. have what we need to do our to do our work safely. That's good. Um, the shortage has affected us, though. We we feel it. We mm -hmm. see it. Mm -hmm. We don't we don't have quite mm -hmm. as much as as mm -hmm. we would like to. Sure. Um, so we're having to be very resourceful and mm -hmm. very conservative sure. with our equipment. Mm -hmm. um, so the the main thing is that we we aren't doing things that would negatively impact our patients. Right. Right. right um, right, and right, you know right. we we want to keep them safe. We want to keep ourselves safe. But mm -hmm. we've we've had to be creative. Right. I'm sure. sure. I'm sure. Have you had to reuse some things or clean and reuse stuff or uh, just so yes. that you so that you have enough um, when yes. you go into wherever you're going in to deal with the patients. We do, yeah. We do have to clean and reuse things that we mm -hmm. normally would say, oh, I, I wore right. this mask, I'm going to sure. toss it. Right. We're having to clean things, reuse things, mm -hmm. save things. Right, right, so right, right. It, yeah, all of that is what, um, it, it, doing those things or at least allowing you to have enough of the equipment to protect yourselves and to keep the patients safe. Mm -hmm. Sounds that's right. right. That's terrific. Um, so now have... Any of you, have any of your co-workers um, contracted the virus? If so, how are they doing? Um, have they returned to work? Because we're concerned about you guys. Yes, and thank you. We appreciate your concern. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I have had multiple colleagues who have contracted the virus. Wow. Um, wow. Multiple colleagues, people that I work with every day, wow. and they were truly sick. I think sometimes people... Yeah. Um, are still thinking of this as just like the flu, but right. but it's not. They were very very ill. Oh. I had one colleague who was in the ICU for weeks. Oh, so yeah, so, so it's, it's serious. serious. Yeah, it's not the flu, and I and I think um and I didn't ask you that directly, but I but but I think that people um are still saying those kinds of things, and and this is not this was not in the script, but I just want to ask you. This is one of those little rabbit trails, you know, when you see on. Facebook, not that you probably have this all this time to be on social media, but I know you've you've addressed it a little bit. Um, when you see people saying or hear people saying, "Oh, it's just like the flu," being on the front line, seeing all that you're seeing with um, with other patients and with your coworkers being sick, what would you say to that? Can you speak to that a little bit more? It's not the flu; it's more than that. Yes, I I think people. Um, maybe it feels safer and less yeah. scary to think of it as the flu because sure. that seems familiar. Mm -hmm. But I do want people to understand that this is new. This is different. Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. potentially life-threatening in, in ways that are different from the flu. Yes. So yeah. um, it's it's really important to take those precautions and those guidelines that we're getting from right. researchers and doctors. It's important to take those seriously and not, and not feel like, oh, yeah. it won't affect me. It's not a big Right, right, and and so I'm glad you spoke to that because I still think there is a there is a level of denial out there which mm -hmm. I find kind of scary, um, mm -hmm. you know, because this is this is life threatening, like you said. So now, um, I mean, how about yourself? I mean, do you have any fears when you go in? I mean, do you? I mean, you you you're there to do a job. You go in every day. You or the days that you're assigned. I mean, do mm -hmm. you have personally? Are you personally afraid of, of this could be the day I catch something? I mean, I don't know. How does that work for you? 
Uh, I do. I do feel that way. Um, You know, when it first became apparent that that this virus was really a serious issue and it had spread to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And um, I I realized in that moment that it Mm -hmm. it wasn't a matter of if I would be exposed. It was just a matter of when I would be exposed. So that was a sobering moment for me. And um, I do have a certain level of anxiety going to work, especially with other co-workers who've gotten sick. Sure. Um, yeah. so I do, I yeah. do, yeah. I, I, I feel that though, like as, as long as I'm healthy and able to work, yeah. I really want to help and do my part. Yeah. And but I that, that anxiety is yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard other nurses say that I've talked with other nurses, some that you, you know, you even know, um, former homeschool moms, Karen Becker, um, and just different ones. And they, they, mm-hmm. some of them have said the same thing that they, they want to help. Um, but they, they do struggle, you know, with their own anxiety. So it's a real um, balancing act, I would imagine, for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now we've heard stories about COVID-19 patients dying without their families being present. Is that true? Have you personally had to deal with any kind of a situation like that? So I I have not had a patient with COVID pass away in my care. Okay. But um, but of course people are dying yeah, um yeah. so i know we hear about oh they're dying alone right. and, which sounds which sounds terrible yeah. but um there is a no visitor policy right. at most hospitals i will say that it's not covid specific so okay. the no visitor policy is for everyone no oh. matter their diagnosis okay. we're just trying to limit the number of people coming in and out of the hospital okay uh, that's um, a good clarification i didn't i didn't think of it that way Mm-hmm. And um, as far as the no visitors, um, even though that's sort of a blanket policy, mm-hmm. there are exceptions. Mm-hmm. And one of those exceptions is when death is imminent. Okay. So if, if a patient is in hospice or yes. in palliative care, or if their condition has deteriorated to the point where they're not likely to make it, yes. then yes, um, the physicians will yes. call the family and allow loved ones to be present okay. with wow. that person. Okay. Well, that's that's good to know. I, I don't, I think there was some misconceptions about that. One mm-hmm. you addressed, which was, um, I thought that the people that were not being able to have visitors were just COVID-19 people, but you're saying they're not, they don't want, they're trying to limit visitors for all patients. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so yeah. that was a good clarification. Um, so now, um, what other kinds of practices are being done um, to make sure the hospital staff is not passing the virus on to patients? I mean, of course, we talked about the PPE, the personal protective equipment, but I would imagine there's all kinds of procedures and things that y'all are doing differently with this COVID-19 thing being on the scene. What other kinds of things are being done? Yes, so um, having to use specific disinfectants and um, and also having um, certain rooms set aside just for these patients mm. um, and being very cautious of what we put on and take off. If right. we have been in contact with someone who has COVID-19, then we don't then go into another person's room with that same oh, equipment on. Of course. Um, so there are times when I know we're conserving, but we have to you know, yeah. throw things away and, and start fresh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
And even just walking throughout the hospital, we always have on masks. We don't want to, we don't want to spread anything to anybody else, to each other, to our patients. Wow. Um, Wow. Wow. We're taking precautions. Oh, I know. I know you guys are. Does that make, I mean, you know, compared to what things look like, compared to your normal nursing day six months ago or five months ago, does does that make the day longer? Is it? I mean, I would just imagine with all these extra steps. I mean, how? I mean, it just seems more cumbersome. I mean, it's necessary, but it just seems like it would make the day feel longer or something. Can you speak to that? It it does make the day feel longer because the time it takes to put everything on mm-hmm. and do everything right yeah. and then clean everything up and take everything off, yeah. it, it, yeah. it it adds up. It adds yeah. a lot of time to the day. I would imagine so. I would imagine so. So now, what do you do mentally and physically mm-hmm. to disengage from this whole crisis? I mean, you're doing what you do for 12 hours, several days a week, but when you get off work, how do you distance yourself from this so that you can take care of yourself mentally? I will say that decompressing has been a struggle for me. Okay. It's, it's yeah. been it's been hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because of course before all of this, I could go hang out with friends. Sure. I could go to exercise class. Sure, you know, I could do sure. all these different things, mm-hmm. and not being able to have that has has affected me and affected a lot of people. Yeah. But um, I do try to limit mm-hmm. what I consume in the media Definitely. about. Because about COVID-19 because it can be overwhelming to Definitely. be at work all day surrounded mm-hmm. by it and right. then to see yes. it on the news see yeah. it on social media uh, yeah 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 it's- yeah it's, oh, and 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 I I just I, I I will definitely confirm that I of course am not in the medical profession. I'm not a nurse, a doctor, or anything. And I know here in this household, hearing all of the information day after day, the news conferences, mm-hmm. I mean the press conferences. Um, not that I've watched a lot of those, but just everywhere, you know, like you said, on social media, scrolling scrolling through your news feed. There's articles. Of course, you you know I've clicked on several of them. Mm-hmm. Even the conversations I've had with friends over the phone, I have gotten to the place, I told my husband, I said, I am going on a Facebook fast, meaning that I'm going to at least limit it to just a couple of hours a day and not be mm-hmm. scrolling and looking all day long. It is overwhelming. And like you said, doing what you do all day and then coming back to that would be absolutely too much. Um, so I think that's a good idea for you and for all of us, really. Um, Mm. just because we need to keep out, um, I mean, we're in this for the long haul, it sounds like. And so we've got to be able to Mm -hmm. keep our sanity, our wits about us. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is not just going away next month. I wish it did. (laughs) I do too. (laughs) I know you do. I know you do. Um, and, and I, and, and that's something that, so the long haul is what we need to be thinking about our, our mental health. So you say that it is rather difficult to... Uh, distance yourself from it's particularly since you can't do some of the other things you normally would do like work out and, mm-hmm. and go out wow so do you um so what do you do to i mean you must be doing something to help yourself sleep and so, yeah yeah so i've kind of gotten into the routine of just taking a nice long bath and Good. just trying to mm-hmm. listen to music mm-hmm. or watch something uplifting or mm-hmm. funny mm-hmm. Just to take my mind off of it. And also, I have been um, keeping up with my appointments with 
um, a mental health professional. Good. So I think that mental health is so important in general, but especially now. Yes, so I'm, yeah, sure. I'm really yeah. grateful to have a good therapist that's, that's great. been supportive. Well, that's and is that something that pe um, people in your profession, are, well, it's during this time are doing sort of as... Of, uh, uh, on a regular basis or is that something you just proactively decided to do on your own did the hospital suggest that I mean how did how did that work for you uh, so this is something that I proactively decided okay. to do on my own okay. but um, mm -hmm. the my hospital which I think is amazing yes. they have set up a, a whole kind of mm. a branch of people that are there as mm. mental health oh, counselors. So They've collaborated with other people. Mm. And so it's available. It's free. People can call whenever they need that's that uh, session. That's terrific that they are. sounds like they are being super supportive of you guys. Mm, absolutely. That's terrific. That's good. Now, question, if you live, I don't know if you live alone or with family, but if you do live with family, what kind of protocols do you take to protect whoever you're living in the household with, or do you live with anybody? I, I currently live alone, okay. but mm -hmm. uh, prior to all of this COVID-ness, <laughs> I, um, I, I would spend a lot of time with my family and my friends. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, when I realized that this was going to be an issue, yeah. I just told everyone that I wasn't going to spend any time with them. Oh, wow. So I have not seen anyone in my family in two months. Oh. So, that's yeah it just yeah. it is hard it yeah, is but yeah. i just the yeah. thought of yes passing the virus along was just too awful I know, I know i know i know i know and so you you just went and took that precaution for for their sake i did that's yes. that's good have you has have for those co-workers for those people that you work with that are co-workers do they talk about their protocols because some people are living with family i mean they're, they're mm -hmm. married they've got children have you heard about things that people are doing to take precautions not to pass this thing on to family members that they're living with yes yeah, so a lot of my co-workers do have children or they're in relationships or they have roommates yeah. um so they basically have confined themselves to just a certain area of their home. Wow. So they, even though they're still living in the same home, they minimize their interaction with wow. whomever they're living with and just kind of stay in yeah. certain rooms, wow. just use a certain bathroom. Mm. So just separating themselves even while sure. living together. Wow, boy, these are the things that uh, you guys are having to do to protect to protect your loved ones. That's, that's mm -hmm. quite something. Um, now, has the hospital talked about specific measures that they will take um, to prepare if there's a second wave. You know, we've heard stories about there possibly being a second wave. I mean, you guys are in this now. This is the first wave y'all are doing these things. I mean, has there been any talk of, you know, what to do or will you just keep doing the same thing? So I, I haven't personally heard any details regarding right. specifics for a second wave. Right. Um, I think because we're still just trying yeah. to get through <laughs> the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah, yeah. we're getting through now. Yeah. Um, but I, just knowing what we know now yeah. and learning what we have now, mm -hmm. I think we will be better prepared sure. for if and when a second wave comes around. Mm -hmm. It was uh, learn as you go, sure, honestly, sure. At, at the beginning, mm -hmm. but we've come up with our routines and our protocols. So all yeah. of those things I'm sure will be yeah. helpful going That's forward. That's true. That's true. So, cause you're, you're, you're all doing all that. You're doing the groundwork for this now so that you will be in a better place if, if 
there is a second wave. So mm-hmm. that's the silver lining to this this, this story. Um, yes. So now, um, what's the morale been like at the hospital? Or maybe you might not know what the whole hospital's morale is, but definitely the department that you work in. How does the staff keep their spirits up when you're dealing with all of this sickness and sometimes death? Um, so morale, I think, fluctuates yeah. <laughs> depending on the day and what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do a lot of work in my own unit, but right. we also travel to the ICUs to do procedures at bedside. So okay. I get the chance to talk with other people mm-hmm. and, and hear how they're feeling. And mm-hmm. we are tired. We're oh, concerned. Yes. Our faces are sore from oh. wearing those N95 masks. Yes, so yes. there is, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. But I will say that there is... I feel a, a beautiful sense of camaraderie yeah. amongst everyone. We know that we're we're going through this together. We yeah. know that we have each other for mm-hmm. support. Mm-hmm. Um, and the community has been amazing. We've had local restaurants provide meals. Oh, that's good. And, you know, businesses donating and kind mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. sewing masks oh, and just so all good. of those things. Yeah, yeah it just. It really yeah. boosts our morale. We feel like, okay, people are thinking of us. Yes. We're not alone. That's so good. I'm so glad. And we need to continue to pray for you guys because uh, it's, it is hard. And I think you, I mean, we, I think we knew that, but talking to you even now, I just, um, you know, there's a bit of a burden there that, uh, and we need to be, you know, carrying in each other's burdens and, you know, in this situation. Um, yeah. And so I guess one of the things I want to make sure I ask you before we, wrap this session up is what kinds of things do you want the public to know um um as you as as a healthcare worker um as you and as you all continue to fight this pandemic um um do you think we're doing enough at the local level at the state level to combat the virus one thing that i will say just personally as i go out and about um uh, as I have seen people in my community not wearing masks, uh, more, I mean, I would say that about 50% of the people that I see when I go to the stores um, mm. are not wearing masks. I mean, what do you say to that? What do you want us to know um, as the public? Well, I I want people to know, um, and I can't emphasize this enough, yeah. I, I want people to know that it is so important to keep taking those precautions yes. to protect yourself and your families and your friends. Mm-hmm. I know we're tired of this. Yeah. I know we'd rather be able to just walk out the door and live our lives, mm-hmm. but um, COVID-19 isn't gone. It's, no. it's still here. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been eradicated. Mm-hmm. There is no magical cure, no magical treatment mm-hmm. for this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we need to continue with the precautions that, that we've been taking. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we, it's not time to say, yeah. oh, I'm done with this. We need to keep going and keep doing the things that we've been told to do to keep ourselves safe, right. which includes wearing those masks. Exactly. You know, it may seem simple, yeah, but yeah. it's it's an easy way yeah. to remind ourselves mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm to be safe. Right, so I right. think it's important. <laughs> right, right, Absolutely. right. Right, and to continue to do the social distancing. Um, yes. Because that's, that's another thing um, that I think people are um, inclined not to do. I think, mm-hmm. you know, the weather is nice. Uh, mm-hmm. And like you said, we all just want to go back to normal. But the but the, the reality is um, we're going to have to create a new normal. Um, because the more we socially distance and we wear our masks, 
um, the less chance we'll get sick and the less chance we'll be overwhelming you guys in the hospital. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the goal. We yeah. don't want, you know, we want to help you. Right. We want to help ourselves right, and right, we, right. being overwhelmed with yeah. patients won't yeah. be safe for the patients either. Yeah, so. exactly. Do you, do you want to see us do, do you think we need to be just on a personal um, thought uh, need to be doing more, um, you know, as far as the state and the government is concerned, do you do you think we should be doing more? Do we, uh, or just to wait and see? I mean, what what are your thoughts, personal thoughts on that? Uh, one thing regarding just the way local and state government has been mm -hmm. handling this, and government in general, yeah. I, I I do wish that mm -hmm. the testing was emphasized and that there it was more widely available oh, because yeah. in order to know how effective we are at yeah. slowing this down, we sure. need. We need that accurate data. We need those numbers yeah, and right. the testing would provide that. And then just kind of more on a local mm -hmm. level, mm -hmm. um, I think that the reopening of our state, the yes. state of Georgia, yes. um, could be better coordinated. Oh, <laughs> so definitely, definitely. I, I think there's some yeah. steps that we could have taken to yeah, make sure right. that people were really ready. Safe. Right. Yes. And, and, and and before I end, uh, you spoke to something just a minute ago about the mask and everything. And I think one of the things I've um, heard um, when I was out and about with some young young guys and they were like, you know, I'm not I heard, just happened to pass by them in the Kroger walking down one aisle. They were walking the same aisle. So, you know, I don't mm -hmm. know why all these people are wearing all this. And you're sort of making fun. Um, you know, I, I'm not wearing no mask. They said I'm not sick. But I think and I'd like you to speak to this, that is it true that um, you can be asymptomatic? Um, and, um, and that's one of the reasons why wearing a mask is important because you may not be, you may not be exhibiting symptoms, but you may be, um, you may be COVID-19, you know, affected. So can you speak to that? So that is absolutely true. You, yeah. it, you can be asymptomatic and still mm -hmm. have COVID-19. Right. So even if, you know, you feel healthy or I feel healthy, right. um, that doesn't mean that we don't have the virus. It doesn't right. mean that we can't spread the virus. Right. And um, I've, I know someone personally who yes. tested positive for COVID-19 and they never felt sick. They oh never felt gosh. bad. Wow. So, yeah. so it's, it's possible. Yeah. And, and uh, just to that point, too, quickly, yes. also there are this idea when you mentioned young, yes. uh, these were young people, yes. the idea that young people cannot yes. get sick. And I think um, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. people that think is that. also not true. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I have known people who did not, were not in their 70s, you right. know, they didn't have these other complications and they still became very ill. Yeah, so yeah. so, we, so a lot of these myths are yeah, dangerous myths. Very <laughs> dangerous. And so um, that's why I, I wanted you to speak to that because I still think there is that level of denial. I'm, I'm young. I'm good. Um, I ain't scared. But um, even if you don't necessarily get sick, you could be um, you could be, you know, you can get someone else sick who may mm -hmm. be very more, much more vulnerable than you. So, yes. yeah, that's a thing. Well, Nicole, our time together is up, but it has been um, wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know um, you've been on the front lines and working hard, and um, and we're. I just want you to know um, we're praying for you. Thank you for sharing this information with our listeners. I think it'll be very 
very helpful to all concerned. To my listeners, I just want to say if you haven't done so already, I want to encourage you to subscribe and download episodes of the show by going to www.theworkingwomanradiopodcast.com. You can also find us by visiting the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network and clicking on the Working Woman Radio show page. For more information about upcoming podcasts and Working Woman Radio show events, you can go to the Working Woman Radio show Facebook page. Become a friend. Share your comments. Ask your questions. We want to hear from you. Well, God bless, and we will see you next time. 